Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hootball Nets Podcast. So, this episode, we're going to go over the Raptors game, the Knicks game. We're going to talk about whether or not it's time for the Nets to just officially tank, even though they're on a two-game win streak. And then we're going to go over, based on our answers, who we believe they can get in the draft. And then give out a Brooklyn Baller of the Week, because the Nets have actually won some games. So, it should be exciting. Uh, Before we get into things, make sure that you go subscribe to us on iTunes. You can look up Brooklyn Nets, Hoop Dash Ball, Hoop Ball Nets. All of those things work. Uh, make sure to subscribe to us, leave a five-star rating and a review. All reviews are getting read on the podcast. So if you want to get yours read, make sure to go leave one. Um, big shout-out to Hawaiian Owls, Kona Coffee Company. Uh, we Last episode said Dan offered us the free samples. We got them. We tried them out. They're amazing. We're actually uh, sipping on them right now as we record this because even after we record this episode, we have to stay up even. It's currently 2.08 in the morning on Monday night. And we have an eight-page group project that we have not started yet. So So, uh, after this, we have to do an eight-page paper due tomorrow (laughs) at 7 p.m. And we have class at 9 a.m., so (laughs) rough life. So we're going to be up for a very long time after this. So the coffee's... Guaranteed to get us through the night. So shout out to Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. That's a mouthful. Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, the sponsor of Hoop Ball and all the Hoop Ball podcasts. Um, so yeah, let's get into things. Uh, the first game up, the Raptors. We were actually not live tweeting this game, but like kind of live tweeting the end of it. So what happened was Hunter. We were together recording the last podcast during like halftime. And then Hunter left. Around the third quarter, mid-third quarter. Yeah, Hunter left. So then he's, like, on the road, and I'm watching the OT game, and he's like, call me, call me now. So I li- we literally watched, like, the last two minutes of the game through a FaceTime lens, and we were on the edges of our seats because if they would have lost this game, because they led by double digits earlier in the game. So if they would have lost it, it would have been another game that they lost 
leading by double digits. Not gonna lie, the last shot that the Raptors had was, was a, a wide a open clean, shot, <laughs> wide open look by Fred Van Vliet. that he would hit nine times out of ten. So it was a blessing by God that he missed that shot because they very well could have lost the game. Fred Van Vliet shanked a wide open corner three. And I was just waiting. As the ball's in the air, I was just taking heartbreak. I was waiting for it to just swip and be over. Easy. But thankfully, it did not go in. On to the box score. Well, no. Let's recap the game first. Matchup. Uh, okay. So, the Nets, I won't say dominated the first half. But, like, they led for a majority of the first half. And they won the first quarter. And then... The end of the second quarter is when the Raptors started to take over. And they the Raptors won the second quarter. And then the Raptors came out hot to start the third. And then the Nets took the lead back. It was a lot of back and forth, back and forth for the whole second half. And then eventually overtime and the Nets eventual win by one point. So in this overtime sequence, we watched it. It was basically D'Angelo Russell versus Kawhi Leonard for a good majority of the OT. Uh, D'Lo had six of the Nets' eight points. As much as I violate D'Angelo Russell and his lack of basketball knowledge, in my opinion, he is the only reason the Nets won this game. He gets all the credit for this win against the best team in the league because he was the only person on the court for the Nets who looked skilled enough to compete with them. There were, Spencer Dinwiddie played well, other people put up some solid games, but when they needed a bucket, it went to D'Angelo Russell. Of course, he had his high turnovers, took a bunch of shots, played how he's going to play, but he made the shots he had to make in this game, and it led to them winning. So, the the Nets actually held the Raptors, one of the best teams in the NBA, to below 40% shooting. Which is new, because they usually allow their opponents to shoot 45-50% to 50% from the field. But they allowed the Raptors to shoot 39.3% from the field, 31.4% from the three-point line. The Nets themselves shot 43.9% from the field and 31.4% from the free-throw line. They were actually identical. And the number of threes they took and the number of threes they hit, both teams were 11 for 35. Um... He meant 31.4% from the three-point line, not free-throw line. Wait, what did I say? You said free-throw line. Well, <laughs> they were both 31.4% from the from the three-point line. <laughs> it, it's 2 in the morning. 11 for 35. Uh, the Nets lost the turnover battle 15 to 20, so they got out-turnovered by <laughs> 5. That was mainly D'Angelo Russell, but... Yeah, D'Lo had 6 and Jared Allen had 4. So that's 10 right there. That's 10 of their 20 right there. Uh, they the, the Raptors had seven blocks compared to the Nets, two. They got they out-offensive rebounded the Raptors 16-6, to six, and they completely dominated the boards and won the rebounding battle. Which is kind of shocking, being that the Raptors play three good rebounding big men as opposed to the Nets just having Ed Davis and Jared Allen to hold it down. But the Nets won 60-41 to 41 on the board, so... That's kind of crazy. It could also be because the Raptors missed a majority of the shots they took. But I, I'm i not going to discredit the Nets' win, but I believe this was just a terrible off night for the Raptors, and the Nets caught them at the perfect time. When you have the best record team in the NBA, I don't know if they're the best team. They've been playing like the best team. When you have them shoot 39% from the field, 
and have nobody on their bench shoot 30%, that is that's just an off night. I don't think the defense is that great to be credited with that. But they did a solid job. They got the win. A win is a win. Uh, on to the Raptors box score. So, as I said previously, Kawhi Leonard went off 37 minutes, which was a team high. 32 points, 10 of 21 from the field, 5 of 6 from 3, 7 of 8 from the free throw line, 3 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 steals, and a block. Kawhi Leonard's a monster. He's been an MVP candidate. He's. It really shows the difference between him and DeMar DeRozan because Kawhi leaves the Spurs, comes to the Raptors. DeRozan goes to the Spurs. The Raptors are suddenly dominating the East. And the Spurs are not in the playoffs. I don't even think they're in the playoffs, yeah. So, I'm not saying DeRozan is not a great player, because he is. But Kawhi Leonard just makes that much more of a difference on the court and shows it every game with games like this one. Pascal Siakam, 36 minutes, which was the most behind Kawhi Leonard. He had 16 points, 6 of 15 shooting, knocked down a 3, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, one steal, two blocks. At this point, that's a normal game for him. He, a lot of people are saying he's most improved player. He is a candidate for it. I he, believe he's so. he's been going. The funny thing is, I dropped him at fantasy earlier in the year when he was garbage, and now I'm just regretting it because I've gone on a three game losing streak. But Pascal Siakam is he's actually nice. Unfortunately, Derrick Rose is not eligible for most improved player because True. of his lack of games. There should, and neither is, is Zach Levine. A, is there a comeback player of the year? No. There, there is in the NFL, though. There yeah. should be in the NBA. If if there was, Zach Levine would win isn't, it over Derrick Rose, do, likely. Doesn't the ESPYs have a comeback player of the year? Yeah. It should be Derrick Rose. Zach Levine is also a good Okay, player. but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach Levine's fine. Derrick, it should be Derrick Rose. Yeah, I mean, simply because of the storyline, I believe so. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, or Valanchunas, <laughs> I've never known how to say his name, 26 minutes, 24 points, 10 of 15 shooting, 0 of 2 from 3, 8 rebounds, no other stats except the block, he didn't have an assist, a turnover, a steal, nothing, uh, I don't want to say he killed Jared Allen, but he he had I mean, a good game. Yeah, he had a pretty solid game. He 24 had, points. He was the only person on the team to shoot above 50%. So he's really what kept them alive. On to Danny Green. He had uh, he really didn't do much. 34 minutes. Two points. Only attempted two shots. One of them was a three. He missed it. Four rebounds, two assists. Not much else. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Lowry. Fantastic defense on Kyle Lowry. Although... It is also horrible offense on his part. And he's been struggling so, so badly lately. After having a great start to the year, looking like a surefire all-star, awful last couple games, terrible. He he only had three points on one of eight shooting with 11 assists and five turnovers. So, I mean, it wasn't really all that great of a game because... He had 11 assists, but he did have five turnovers, so... You know what just came to my mind? Slightly off topic, but... Do you think D'Angelo Russell's going to make the All-Star game? Because if, um, if you think about it, Oladipo's probably not making it. Because of the injury. December's going to be over. He's not going to make it. Kyle Lowry... How many guards make it? it it's going to be hard, because... He'll make it over John Wall. John Wall's having a terrible year. Actually, maybe not. Bradley Beal will make it. Bradley Beal will make it. 
uh, Kyrie, Kemba. Kemba. Lowry, maybe? Let's just uh, put Lowry It's close with Lowry. Lowry goes in. Uh, I mean, I don't think D'Angelo Russell gets it because you also have to take into account at this point that if you're good at Ben Simmons, obviously. Do they count him as a forward or a guard? Guard. He starts at the point guard. And who else, though? That's five. Who else? The no, Bledsoe? No. Zach Levine beats him. Yeah, I guess. Zach Levine definitely beats him. And also, it is questionable about about Bledsoe and Brogdon. Uh-uh. Either one. No, 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 no. They're, I say they give it to D'Lo. They're second in the East. Okay, I don't care. I, they're not going to give it to three Nets. Brogdon, I mean, they're not going to give it to three Bucks. Brogdon's leading the league in catch-and-shoot threes. No one an amazing cares. Year. No one cares that Brogdon's leading the okay, league in catch-and-shoot okay. threes. Okay, but what are the Nets doing right How now? How many guards make the All-Star game? Seven? If seven make um, the All-Star game, then D'Lo's an All-Star. It's subjective because the reserves are can be whatever. So like then I say he's an All-Star reserve. I Easy. don't think so. Easy. They're not realizing how many good forwards there are. Okay, we have Kawhi, Giannis. No one on the Sixers. No one on the Pacers. Jason Tatum's not making it. Embiid. Okay. Embiid's considered a forward. Okay, Embiid. You said Giannis? Yeah, I said Giannis. Blake, not Drummond. I don't think Drummond makes it. Blake will make it. Why'd you skip the Celtics? Who, who do you have other than Kyrie? If you don't think Jason Tatum makes the All Star game, Jason over, Tatum is not making D'Angelo the Russell. Okay, we're gonna, I'm gonna. How much is he averaging right now? Jason Tatum. Yeah. Okay. P- forgive us, but we're gonna do some on the fly. I believe. I believe Jason Tatum's <laughs> averaging 17 points. Right some now. on the fly looking up right here, Jason. If Tatum, I had to guess, I'd say 17 points. Jason yeah. Tatum's averaging 16, 16 and a half points. 16, six and two on 46 percent shooting, 43 percent in 31 minutes. Okay. And how many times did he turn the ball over? Okay, they don't care. One and a half. They a don't game care when they look at that. They don't care. The Jason Tatum's not making the All Star game. Uh, is he an All Star over D'Angelo Russell? Is he a better player than D'Angelo Russell? Yes. yes. But is he making the All Star game over him? No. <sighs> not really, a chance. That's really tough. To not me. a chance. That's tough. To Nicholas me. Batum isn't making it. Nobody on the Magic. Nobody on the Heat. The Wizards. Beal, okay. Nobody on the Heat. Josh Richardson is not, not making, making the All Star game. Josh Richardson's averaging over twenty points a game. Josh Richardson's not making the All Star game. I can tell you that much. Josh Richardson is averaging over twenty points a game. Nineteen point two. It was buddy. over twenty. He went down to nineteen point two, with forty-one percent shooting, forty percent from three. Two turnovers a game. They're close. I'll still. I'll give it a D line. Uh, that. Yeah. I'm. I'm saying. Who? Like. Uh, hold on. Let me look up. What was the All Star team last year? All Star team. If you hear the clicking of the keyboard, it's because I'm typing right now. All Star team, 2018 East. It was. Hold on. The NBA All Star roster. I just need to know how many people make it, and then we're good right here. LeBron James. Okay, oh, it's it's not even split, split up into its teams. Okay, yes, but it's okay. You can know how many make it. Okay, so from the East, LeBron. No, just count total. Total, how many people make the game? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Woo! 
<laughs> Accidentally clicked off. Where was I? Start oh. over. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 30, 31, 32, 30. Well, they were all like, they got injured. So let's just say 30 people make it. Okay. How many reserves? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. 15 reserve. Let's say, just say the 15 reserves. How, there's no way you're telling me. No, it's, it's, it's seven reserves in each conference. Okay, fine. So D'Angelo Russell just has to be a top 13 player? 12. 12, okay. Who, who all right, let's, 12 players better than D'Lo in the East that aren't start starting. So we have Kawhi's going to start. Kyrie will probably start at the one. The starters are going to be Kyrie. Oh, that's tough. Who's the two? Who's Beal? the starting two? Uh, probably Ben Simmons. They're probably going to start Kyrie and Ben Simmons, if I had to guess right now. You're forgetting that the Sixers have Jimmy Butler. Dang! That's crazy. He's not making that's that crazy. I, I honestly did forget that the Sixers had Jimmy Butler. You're... He's probably going to start at the two. Crazy. Jimmy Butler's probably going to start at the two. Okay, if, unless they count him as a forward, then Ben Simmons probably. Okay, starts. no, no, no. Let's say, co- dang, the or Sixers, it could be Kyrie and Kemba. It's going to have as the guards. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Kyrie, Kemba, Giannis, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi. Oh, Giannis, Kawhi, and Embiid. Yeah, and then off the bench, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry. That's two. Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, uh, Oladipo's not making it. Uh, uh, Blake Griffin, that's three. Uh, so Drummond doesn't make it? Okay, let's just say Drummond. We're still at four. Uh, Beal, Wall, oh, God, that's six. And then no one else. No, oh, one, no else. one else. Who? No one else. Who else? So you're going to sit here and say Nikola Vucevic is not oh. a He's an all-star this year. Aaron Gordon not no, playing better no, than no, no. Vucevic is though. That's seven, and the, you, he would need to be one of those seven. It's it's between D'Lo and Drummond. What's Drummond averaging? Um, I really, I really hate to burst your bubble, but if you think a third player on the Raptors is not getting who who on the Raptors deserves an all-star spot. It's the Kawhi and Lowry. One. Who they're gonna slap Danny Green in an All Star uniform? And you pick Danny Pascal Green Pascal Siakam. Yes, and no. Jonas Valanciunas. And Jonas Valanciunas is not an All Star. What about Serge Ibaka? They've all been no, going. No, they're off. all garbage. Not they're, they're not all garbage, but they're not better than Dilo. Okay, Drummond's averaging eight. Oh, he's averaging eighteen and fifteen. Okay, yeah, he'll probably make the All Star game. Look, look, D'Angelo Russell's close. He's not there yet. If one of them gets injured, he's a shoe in. And you also forgot Zach Levine. You're, oh he's not my making God. it. He's yeah, not he's not making it. it. But that's so but look, tragic. But look, bottom line, Karis LeVert would have made it if he was healthy. That's the point I'm trying to get to right now. Okay, we because, still have until February. D'Lo could go off. Okay. Victor Oladipo could also come back. So there you go. So it is basically D'Angelo Russell is for sure not making the All Star game. Is what I see at this point. And that I believe Karis LeVert would have if he didn't get hurt. And I said that from the beginning, my opinion. I, I also agree. We just got way off topic because that came to my head. We were supposed to, we're at 18 minutes and we haven't even talked about the Knicks. So uh, we're just going to, 
We're going to skim through the Nets box score versus the Raptors. Joe Harris. Okay. All I have to say is no one had a good performance except for D'Angelo Russell. Jared Allen had a double-double with 12 and 10. He had four defensive stats, two steals, two blocks. Other than that, Ed Davis had 15 rebounds with one point. There was a Karuk sighting for 13 minutes. He finally only played Dudley 11 minutes, as he should. That was the least amount of minutes of all the players that touched the court. So, Yep. Spencer Dinwiddie had 17 on 17 shots. The D-Low special with 8 assists. <laughs> and uh, Alan Crabb, typical 3 for 9, 11 points. Rondé Hollis, more shots than points. D-Low special, 11 points, 14 shots. Same with Joe Harris, 6 points, 8 shots. So the only person to highlight here is D-Low, who had 29 points, 13 to 22 shooting. With five rebounds, five assists, and six turnovers. He also shot two of six from the three-point line, 31 minutes. It was a great game by D'Lo. He won them the game, in all honesty. In OT, I he think did. he was like three for four. He did. He had Ice a in his fantastic veins. game. Okay, moving on oh, to the... One what? thing to note, no Shabazz Napier. Upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't play Shabazz at all, but they won, so what can we really say? Upsetting. On to their game versus the Knicks. Complete uh, domination. They got bodied in the fourth quarter, though. In the okay, in the fourth quarter, it was so the Knicks were showing signs of life in the fourth quarter. It looks as though they were going to come back mid fourth quarter. So Kenny Atkinson says, "Let's put D'Angelo Russell back in the game." Because D'Lo was on the bench. This is the first thing that he told. Because we alternate which one of us watches the games. Sometimes we watch them together. Hunter watched this game. And this the is what The first I thing he told me was this. D'Angelo Russell steps back on the court. Gets the ball at the top of the key. Does a whole lot of dribbling. And literally just throws the ball straight at Mitchell Robinson. Like, like the laziest pass while the Knicks have all the momentum. Straight to Mitchell Robinson and it leads to a knocks and one. So I would like to know, where, like, why does he not have a drive to win in certain games? Against the Raptors, it was all there. But then against the Knicks, he could care less if they came back. It really does not make sense to me. And then, of course, he immediately got pulled from the game, as he should. And Spencer Dinwiddie, who had the best performance of this game, finished the game. I don't think that he doesn't have a drive. I just think that the basketball IQ isn't there yet. But, like, some things just can't be. There's no excuse for some things, that being one of them. On to the uh, the, the matchup. Uh, the Nets shot 48.9% from the field, almost 50%. They shot 50% from the three-point line, not the free-throw line. They shot 50% from the three-point line, 11 of 22. They shot, they shot 60% from the free-throw line. The Knicks shot 47% from the field, 30.8% from the three-point line, and 60% from the free-throw line. Whew. They tied in turnovers. Both had 12. Um... The Nets out offensive rebounded them twelve to nine, and overall out rebounded them forty five to forty. Onto the box score, the Knicks they uh, basically got lit up by Enos Cantor. He all I continue to say this. He okay, always bodies but, Jared Allen. But in my opinion, I believe Fizdale is perfectly executing the tank mode season because. You see how he had 23 and 14? Look at his minutes. 26. 26 minutes. 
Do you know what he didn't do? He did not touch the court in the fourth quarter. Because Fizdale played the lineup of Nidokina, Trier, Dotson, Knox, and Mitchell Robinson the entire fourth quarter. Yeah, he was he was just looking at I didn't know what to say. I thought you were gonna keep talking. He was I it, it makes sense because the there's no the Knicks aren't making the playoffs. The Knicks aren't gonna make the playoffs anytime soon. So they're and I'm pretty sure they know they're not signing any big free agents. So they're focused on getting a good spot in the draft, which they're eight and nineteen currently eight and uh, twenty. Eight and twenty. They are currently the fifth the twelfth yeah, the twelfth seed in the East. Fifth uh, worst team, so fifth pick. It, it, they're doing everything right. You might as well tank against the Nets, who's one of your competitors for the worst teams in the league. And honestly, Frank Nidokina before this game had two DNP CDs. So it's so random what Fizdale decides to do. No one will really see 30 minutes consistently. The best bet has actually been Damian Dotson to see these minutes. He's been eating. Although last game, Kevin Knox saw 41 minutes. So, it's it's so random. But Trier also sees consistent minutes. He trusts him in the late game. And his method was that these were the guys that gave them the momentum to even have a possibility of coming back. So, he wanted to ride them out and see if they could finish it, which... It's Did a lot. Happen. It's a lot like what Luke Walton does with the Lakers. If you, if no one's noticed, because I, I watch a lot of Lakers games. I'm a Lakers fan. If no one knows, if if no, like Luke Walton does the same thing. Whatever lineup, and he gets a lot of criticism for it. Whatever lineup brings them back, he keeps them in the game, with the exception of like LeBron, of course. Like you're not going to keep LeBron out of the game, but everyone knows Lonzo's a better point guard than let's say Lance Stevenson. But if Lance Stevenson is a part of the unit that brings them back. You best believe Lonzo's going to sit on the bench for the last eight minutes of the game. It's it, I don't know what type of philosophy of coaching that is, but in my opinion, I mean, I get it, momentum, but still, your best players are the ones that give you the best chance of winning the game. Like, Cantor had 23-14 and 14 on three missed shots, and you're going to play Mitchell Robinson for the entire fourth quarter? It just does not make much sense to me, honestly. Like, I understand you want to see him grow, but when you have a chance of winning a game, that is the clearest way to make it known that you're tanking. Uh, and and I believe that they can actually finish worse than the Bulls when they get Chris Dunn and Bobby Porter's back. And yeah, they people, could, people think that Chris Tapp is going to come back this season. No way. And they way. could also finish worse than the Hawks now that John Collins is back. The Suns just play so poorly, but they have more talent right the now. The Hawks are also missing Torian Prince. So. Yes. So, I mean, the Knicks have potential to actually be one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, top there's, three there's not a chance they bring Chris Tapps back. There's no point. You might as well just let him sit out till, till next season. I mean, even if he comes back, he's not going to play any more than 15 yeah, minutes anyway. So you might as well not bring him runs back. these wild rotations. So he might as well start playing Ron Baker and let Tim Hardaway Jr. <laughs> fake an injury or something. Because the way it's going right now, they should just tank even more than the Nets have a possibility of tanking. 
like we said, Enos Cantor, 23 points, 13 shots, 10 of 13, 14 rebounds, 3 assists, no turnovers, and a steal. Uh, Damian Dotson, 12 points, 29 minutes, which is a team high. 5 of 10 from the field, 3 rebounds, 2 assists. Similar game from Trier, 15 points, 5 of 11 shooting, 2 rebounds. And the only other real noteworthy performance was Moutier, 13 points. Four assists in his 25 minutes. I guess Hazonja played well. 12 points, 4 of 8 shooting, 5 rebounds in 26 minutes. Tim Hardaway Jr. was horrific. 7 points, 22 minutes, 2 of 12 from the field, 0 of 5 from 3. And he added, he had a 1 in every other single category. 1 rebound, 1 assist, 1 turnover, 1 steal, 1 block. He did basically nothing. Um... The Nets, Joe Harris, old reliable, 11 points, 4 of 9 from the field, 2 of 4 from the 3-point line. Ronda Alice Jefferson, 20 points, team high, 31 minutes, 7 of 14 from the field, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. Jared Allen, 14 points, 5 of 9 from the field, 4 of 4 from the free throw line, 12 rebounds, nothing else. Two Alan Crabb delivered one of his random gems. 17 points, 6 of 9, shooting 5 of 5 from 3 with 4 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal. D'Angelo Russell delivered a D'Lo special. D'Lo special with 9 points, 4 of 14 shooting. So, more shots than points, and 11 assists. So, that's a plus. He did see double-digit assists, but kind of a disappointing performance. Spencer Dinwiddie was the MVP of this game. 25 points, 10 of 17 shooting with three rebounds, six assists, and a steal. No one else really had a noteworthy performance. I mean, Dudley only saw seven minutes, so that's a plus. It's going down every game. Karuk's minutes are going up. He got 12 minutes again, although he did not do much with his minutes. And no Shabazz Napier. Speak, since we're speaking of tanking and the Knicks tanking, let me ask you, do you think, even though the Nets are on a two-game win streak, do you think that the Nets should just sell out and tank for the rest of the season? Um, I honestly can't answer that yet because I believe you need to ride out the next 10 games or so. So let me let me bring up the Nets' next 10 games. So the Nets play the 76ers. The Wizards, the okay, we'll do it like this. The 76ers, that's an, a loss. Loss. 0-1. The Wizards. Win. That's 1-1. One one. Okay. The Sixers was on the road. The Wizards are at home. Mm-hmm. The Hawks at home, win. Mm-hmm. 2-1. The Lakers at home, likely a loss. 2-2. Two two. The Bulls on the road, still likely a win. 3-2. The Pacers at home. That can go either way. I believe they're capable of beating the Pacers, but but I'll give them the L on that one. Three and three. The Suns at home, that's a win. Four and three. The Hornets at home, that's a win. Five and three. The Hornets on the road, I think that's still a win. Six and three. I don't really have a lot of faith in the, the Hornets. Hornets here. And then they play the Bucks on the road, six and four. So six and four brings them at sixteen and twenty-two. That would still keep them competitive for the eighth seed, as the Magic will likely have a record somewhere around there. So, then the only other teams they're fighting with are the 
Heat and the Wizards. So I don't think it's time to tank yet. I believe they need to, until it's out of reach, until they're like five plus games out of the eighth seed, I think that's when you start thinking about it. Because what they have to remember is Karis LeVert is coming back in February. If they could keep it within four, three or four games, Karis LeVert comes back, they start winning again, they're in the playoffs. Do I think they should tank? I, I agree with Hunter. I don't think it's possible to know yet, but I believe it. Say they don't. Say these next 10 games go horribly. Say they go like 2 and 8. Then you might as well just sell out tank. Uh, by tank, I mean, I don't want to say sit your best player because your best player is D'Angelo Russell and you need him to develop. Basically, you don't play a whole lot of Dudley and Ed Davis and play a whole lot of Rodion's Karuks and Jana Musa off the bench is essentially what he's saying. Trade Damare Carroll. Trade Allen Crabb if you can. That's really going to be what it comes down to. Because if you can get rid of Damare Carroll... Because he's not serving a great purpose on the team right now. He can do better somewhere else and help another team win. It's unfair to him to be in this situation right now. Uh, Joe Harris, you might even consider trading him. And then Dudley, Fareed, just sit them. Ed Davis. You gotta just play more of D'Lo, Allen, Rondé Hollis, Dinwiddie, those players. The players that you want to see more of and see what they can really do so that a free agent knows what they're getting themselves into when they join the team. Since we're on the topic of young players, uh, who right now, what are the Nets? The sixth worst team in the league? Yes. So we're looking at this Bleacher Report mock draft, the latest mock draft. They have the Nets taking Romeo Langford, the freshman shooting guard from Indiana. Do you think that's a good pick for them? Um... Uh, that is one of the two players, because obviously I'm not counting the Duke Big 3 or Bull Bull right now. I think they should take Shamori Ponds. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> I was going to say that, too, honestly. We both go to we're St. John's. We yeah, both go to biased, St. John's, so. if you don't know, and Shamori Ponds has been an absolute monster this season. He will get picked near the end of the first round. If the Nets had a late... Do the Nets have a... I don't think they have a late round no, pick. No, but if they somehow trade up from their late second they to a late take first... Shimori. I mean, early second to late first... I do believe Shomori Pond should be a, a good a, option. A backcourt of Dinwid of Shomori and D'Lo? That's crazy. That's oh, buckets. Yeah? yeah. That's that's so horrible. That's gonna... horrible shooting percentage. But that's and buckets. And you're just going to get rid of Karis Levert like that? <laughs> Dang, I forgot. Karis played at three. Or Shomori off the bench. Uh, Karis played at three. Nah, oh, Shomori yeah. off the bench. But I actually do believe there's a better option for them to pick. Although Romeo Langford... Is a sharpshooter, will provide them better consistency than Alan Crabb and Damari Carroll, hopefully, if they pick him. But I do believe that if they come up with the sixth pick, that they will end up taking Nazir Little out of UNC. He's a small forward. He fills a hole that they really need to fill because Joe Harris is not really a small forward. Joe Harris is a shooting guard who is forced to play the three on the Nets. And honestly, Nazir Little's like an athletic 6'6", 220-pound forward. The best 
comparison I have for Nazir Little is Robert Covington with with more athleticism. And less of a three-point shot. No. I believe he'll develop. Like Covington, he will develop a consistent three-point jumper, and he will develop lock-up defense. He has the tools for it. He's already an average defender. And he'll come in to the right situation, develop those skills, and I believe he will be a slightly more athletic Robert Covington. And the Nets would are in desperate need of someone who is like that. Of that build, yeah. Because Rondé Hollis has a similar build, but he cannot shoot even a little bit. And he he's just lacking some something that the Nets need. Like, I guess, reliable scoring as well as lockup. They don't have any player who can defend really well and score really well. And I think Nazir Little would really fill a hole that they have. And especially if they are able to get Tobias Harris in the offseason, having those as the two forwards, and then Rondé Hollis goes back to a bench, that's a scary team for next season. Yeah, I agree. Romeo Langford and Nazir Little should be there. Would would be my top two choices. Of course, as the season goes along and the college season goes along, we'll develop more predictions and things like that. Uh, moving on to the Brooklyn Baller of the Week. We're going to wrap things up. Uh, we're giving it to, drumroll please, his second of the season, D'Angelo Russell. In four games, 31.1 minutes per game. He's averaging 21.3 points, 2.5 triples, 4 rebounds, 6.5 assists, 1.5 steals, no blocks, on 45% shooting. Uh, 20 shots per game, which is the most on the team. 75% from the free throw, from the free throw <laughs> line. Jesus. Okay. So, I personally wanted to give this to uh, Jared Dudley, but I got outvoted. <laughs> <laughs> no, you caught me off guard. I was, not, <laughs> I was not expecting you to say that at all. He couldn't even keep a straight face. I thought you were going to say Jared Allen, and then I hear Dudley come out of his mouth. There's no doubt that D'Lo deserved this award. Yeah, he got it this week. He still has less than Harris LeVert despite playing the whole season. Miraculous feat for a franchise cornerstone. And somehow, if in by, if by February 1st when Harris LeVert is on track to come back, if D'Angelo Russell still does not have more than three baller of the weeks, Najee will have to paint Harris LeVert on his chest. So I'm hoping D'Lo can't win another one for the next few weeks, and it goes to, like, Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, Allen Crabb, maybe even a Jared Dudley emergency. Yeah, okay. You never know. But uh, D'Lo got it this week. Yeah, so D'Lo has Only two. for the Raptors game, because he played horrible in the Knicks game. And they lost the other two games, so it doesn't really matter. But the Raptors game was enough for him to win it. Say what you want. D-Lo won it. Uh, we're super, we're extremely hyper for it being 2.51 in the morning. We're off the Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. So make sure you guys go check them out. Uh, you can find them on Twitter. Just look up Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee or High Kona Coffee. I think that's their Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. Look them up on Amazon. You'll find them easy. Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Uh we're going to wrap this up. We have an eight-page paper to write. We have class at 9 a.m. It's 3 in the morning right now. So, uh, yeah, 
Make sure you go follow us on Twitter, guys. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes. Look up Hoop Dash Ball, Brooklyn Nets, or Hoop Ball Nets. Leave a five-star rating and a review. All reviews getting read on the podcast. Like I said before, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Hoop Ball Nets. Make sure to follow us individually. I'm at Najee Adams underscore. If you don't know how to spell Najee, N-A-J-E-E Adams underscore. Hunter's at Hunter underscore J-K-R. And that'll do it for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you.